Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for your support. And here's the skeleton crew. After escaping Coruscant and being taken by Dr. Drell to a strange place, the crew awoke with Drell and Popo missing on a world of life. However, that quickly changed when a mysterious figure led them away to see someone called Father. They didn't make it far, however, as night came and she disappeared. And the crew was forced to find shelter in a cave as the world died around them. Now, inside this cave, in fits of sleep, Skoga, Gordax, Track, Bog, and Wes all share a peculiar dream. Each of you are looking around. You seem to be on the same planet, but it's unclear where. The ground beneath your feet is blackened, scorched earth. You don't seem to be wearing your weapons and armor, only a pair of simple trousers each. You see underneath you, looking through the ground as if it were translucent, the cave that you're all sleeping in, and your sleeping bodies. These waking dream forms, however, seem gigantic in comparison, and you can see for miles and miles, dark expanse stretching on before you. Hey, I look pretty small from up here. That's kind of funny. Oh, Wes, you look really small. Uh, so do you, Trek. Gordax, you're like, um, a medium small. Bog, Bog, I can't, I can barely even see your body, Bog. It's so small, it's so tiny. Well, that's nothing new. That's true. Are we dead? Are our bodies dead down there? Are we spirits? Well, if we're dead, then I think the only one to blame is the one who was last on watch. He says, looking directly at Track. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. But just, uh, no worries. And as he says no worries, Gordex goes to clap Track on the shoulder with one of his hands. Is he able to actually, like, make contact with his form? Or yes. does it just, like, whoosh, pass through? Yes. Okay, so, so he does that. I'm just messing with you. I'm sure that this is nothing more than a, well... Nothing more maybe downplaying a bit, but in effect of this world, the person who was leading us, you saw her, it, whatever it was, didn't seem entirely corporeal. Well, I, I think we're all, I don't know, actually, what I was going to say. Just what is going on? Why are we here? You know, I think the thing to be doing and the question to be asking is... Where did Drell hide out at night? We know he wasn't at the ship unless he had gone the opposite direction and came back after we left, but one might assume, as we're sleeping here, his form might be out here as well somewhere. So, while we are large, he says, pointing to himself, perhaps we explore around a bit, make some way faster than we could in our no usual selves, and perhaps we'll find him. That, that's a good idea. Are we standing on the ground? Yeah, you're still standing on the ground. It's Can not we like fly? you're flying. We can't fly? I'm going to try to fly. <laughs> I'm going to think about it really hard and jump up and try to fly. You think about it really hard, jump up, and land on the ground. 
Oh, should I make a piloting check? <laughs> Wes turns to Gordax, who had recently asked about Drell, and he just says, I can see you're not really familiar with this sort of operation. Generally, what happens is you take someone to somewhere, and it turns out they've been evil all along. I remember this happened with an old friend of ours. Oh, it must be 10 years now. Yeah, we were super kind to him. We saved his butt, helped him get to a planet, and he immediately tried to kill us and make us slaves. Yeah, but that that happened, like, pretty early on. We've been with Drell, like... Let's, let's think about things logically. Either, one, Drell is not the bad guy, and we should go find Floaty Lady to see if she knows anything about Drell. Two, Drell is the bad guy, and we can take him, in which case we do. Three... Drell is the bad guy and we can't take him, in which case we're kind of hosed either way. And why wouldn't Drell just kill us while we were all asleep on the ship? You have a point. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Does is he if he's the baddie, why wouldn't he kill us? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I don't think he's the bad guy here, but I do think that we should find him. You know what the alternative to all this could be? Drell has only been acting as a puppet of Popo. Who's the other one missing here? Popo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He says a little too giddily. But uh, I think we need to just figure some more information out. Perhaps continue walking in the direction we would be walking in the morning anyways. Scout out the area a little bit. Agreed. Should we all split up and go different directions and find out what we can see and then meet back here in like an hour? You guys can go wherever you want. I'm going to go to the last known location of the floaty lady. I feel like that's our best lead. Well, she's not far. It was right over here. And I point to a spot up on the path. Yeah, so before we split up, why don't we see if we can find her real quick? Let's do it. All right, all right. I, I think that's a good plan. All right. Skoga leads the way over to where they were when the floaty lady left them. All right, you take five steps to your left. Five giant steps. <laughs> My depth perception is kind of screwy in this form. Excuse us, floaty lady. Are you here? What's that? Bog kind of is, you have a better view of things being giant. Points off far, far to the right, over the top of the cliff of, you know, where the cave is inside of. And you see this massive structure just kind of coming out of the mountains. Uh, And it's big compared to you in this form. Was that in the direction we were heading yesterday? Maybe in a roundabout way. Now, Skoga, this is a a good idea of all and all, but um, I'm inclined to... Perhaps investigate what Bog has drawn our attention to. I'm just saying, if I was a person addressed as father, that, he says pointing, would be the place where I would be. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard anyone say. (laughs) (laughs) You need to get out more, Bog. (laughs) I agree. With cult leader personalities, they do like to live in big compounds. So let's head over there and find father. All right. I'm with that. And as we head that way, after we take 10 or so steps, I want to look behind and try to remember what, from this angle, the area that we were at, so I could try to find our way back later. All right. I will factor that into any future checks. Yeah, so we make our way on over to the big city. Big Apple. As you, uh, you know, make your way toward the, as Skoga put it, cult leader structure... You come upon a small sign that says, Welcome to Waco, Texas. <laughs> you you start to fade away the further you get from your corporeal forms. 
So by the time that you actually reach this structure, you are almost entirely translucent to each other, at least. And you feel this strain kind of pulling you back to your bodies. Does anyone else feel a little weary? As if getting closer to this is getting harder? Or is that just me? I mean, I can't say I'm feeling great. Honestly, I kind of feel like I'm not existing anymore. It's quite odd. Skoga? Skoga? Where where are you? Oh, I'm right here. I was just taking a really giant leak. It's kind of fun to watch. It's like I have my own reign. Anyway, so yeah, it seems that the farther we get away from our bodies, the more translucent we get. Maybe we can just go back and pick up our bodies and bring them with us. That's true. We never did try interacting with ourselves. How long did it take to get over here? A few minutes. Gordax is going to start trudging back to his body. <laughs> Prior to heading back, Wes is just going to take a second, check around, see what's happening uh, in the area they're in. Yeah, roll an easy perception check. One success and one advantage. Wes, you see in this massive structure a little figure kind of come out of a door and stand on a balcony, then kind of like run to the edge of the balcony and look out and peer up at you. To you, he's like the size of a Lego. Okay, uh, Wes is going to turn back to those. He's just going to say, hey, hey, just before you head back, is anyone else seeing this? Gesturing to the, the figure. As you look back, though, he's already gone inside, shutting the door behind him. Hey, it's like a tiny little house, like a little doll set. And so Skoga, like, reaches down, and he, like, pokes his claw forward, and he's going to try to, like, open the doors and see inside. As you get that close to the structure you're completely incorporeal so like your claw just disappears hmm, that's weird hello Skoga's gonna back up a bit to become a bit more corporeal hello is anybody home we're kind of in a pickle here and then this beam shoots out from the top of this structure and connects with the clouds in the sky that begins swirling around with this crackling blue, reddish, purple energy. And you all feel even more strain on your bodies as you start to get physically pulled back toward your sleeping forms. Hey, that's pretty rude. We're just looking for some answers here. We don't want to hurt you or anything. Is anyone gonna try to resist this pull as it gets stronger and stronger? Wes doesn't really feel a need to. I mean, he's just going back to his body, which seems like a good thing. Yeah, as much as Track would like to resist it, he's anxious having his consciousness separate from his body, so he's going to actually head back. Does the time of day pretty much still seem the same? It's like still nighttime. Yep, still middle of the night. Gordax, who was previously unaware of this little house thing with the figure, upon being made aware of it, and then this thing shooting up and being dragged. He, he is going to resist. He's going to want to uh, investigate a little further. Do an athletics check, but instead of brawn, use willpower. Oh, and that'll be four difficulty. All right, on his resisting of this poll, Gordax got two successes, three threats, and one triumph. All right, you are able to withstand this as everyone else gets pulled back to the starting point and seems to coalesce and disappear. You are still holding on to, you know, solid ground here outside this large structure. And you see the tiny figure come back onto the balcony and it just locks eyes with you. Does it look familiar at all? Or like the other figure we've been following the day before? 
No, it doesn't look like her. It's it's a man. He's dressed in you know, this kind of black getup. He kind of looks like a Utapowan almost. Very pale skin. He's he's the dude from the egg. Maybe it could be a different dude. I don't know. I mean, actually, uh, if has has Gordak seen the egg? I've seen all the eggs, like from from the very first one. Yeah. Well, then I think you would recognize that this and the other character you saw earlier were on the eggs that you collected, and then you suffer for strain and are sucked back to everyone else. Mm, much has been revealed, and by much, I mean we now know we are on the egg place. <laughs> <laughs> As you all jolt awake, you hear the pleasant sounds of morning and birds once again. And looking outside the cave, you're pretty close to its mouth. You see that the plateau is once again full of life and vibrant as the rising sun sheds warmth on everything. Awaking with a gasp, Gordax shoots up and he looks at everyone and he says, <gasps> I, we, we, we need to go back to that place where I, we did all see that, right? That wasn't just me who dreamt. Anyways, I know where we need to go. The, the egg, the, it's, it's making sense now. And, and you, he says, pointing at track, you're never taking watch again. And then he <laughs> stands up and uh, kind of is eagerly pacing, waiting for the others to get up. I mean, Wes kind of, you know, shakes off the strangeness of what we all just saw and is ready to accompany Gordax. Gordax, what are you talking about? What, what, what egg and all this stuff? Uh, weird yes. dream. Uh, I'm just yanking your chain, Gordax. <laughs> yeah, I was there too. Yeah, sounds good. Let's head out. As they're walking, you can hear Track talking to Skoga, and he says, See, this is why when you get asked to do a job you don't want to do, you do it really poorly, and you'll never get asked to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Track, that's brilliant. I'm going to have to use that one. I, man, if only I had known, I could have been out of watch duty from here on out. Oh, I envy you, Track. So are you moving then further on the road? You're going to take the road that the woman was leading you on? Unless, from his memory, he can remember a more direct way off the road. Because, yeah, if there was a more direct way off the road, he would go that way. I mean, you could just climb the cliff face and get on top and head straight there. How tall is this cliff face? Uh, like 200 feet. That's pretty ambitious. As, as they're going, Gordax turns to them and he says, I know where we can get to it. And he just points up the side of the cliff face. If we could climb this, we'd practically be on its doorstep. But I don't know how feasible that is for all of us, particularly <clears throat> the, the larger and potentially clumsier among us, he says, kind of twiddling his thumbs. But I, I'm open to anything should we decide to do that. You have four arms. It should be easier for you, no? Mm, that's what you would think. Anyways, we Chargerfawn are naturally good climbers, so... Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Wes is just... I will not... I would not rank my physical aptitude as up to the task. Oh, we've all seen that. <laughs> <laughs> if it's our only option, we can consider it, but let's try to find another way around and up there, yeah? And just kind of recalling back to the memory, like, if he were to draw a line from, like, if we are here, we can climb up and get to it here, versus... We are here, and we have to walk to get there. 
order of magnitude, how many more times longer would it take to do the walking option versus the climbing option? The climbing option would give you a pretty straight path. The walking option looked like it went through a series of these canyons and ravines before it came atop this like dry, cracked, blasted earth. And doing those calculations in your head, you know you definitely wouldn't reach this structure by the next nightfall if that's the route you took. Is there one of us that's better at climbing that could get up there and leave a rope or something down for the others to be helped with? Doesn't anyone carry pythons? No, I left my pythons on uh, Coruscant. <laughs> Come on, Bug. This isn't a game of Raiders and Rancors, all right? Nobody carries pythons in that pack. You don't have 50 feet of hemp and rope? Yeah, we, we do have rope. I, I have rope, at least. But what I heard is you volunteering to climb this sheer rock face for us if uh, we, we have the supplies. Perhaps we're short of you, Pythons, but rope. Uh, and he's kind of like looking at the group like, oh, we got anything? <laughs> Everyone checks their character sheets. Well, I was going to say, I don't have any more destiny points to flip over and conveniently find some rope in my bag. <laughs> yeah, I also do not have any rope. Could we get back to the ship and find something? I mean, couldn't we just fly here if we got back to the ship? <laughs> yeah, that's, hey, that's a good idea. Let's just go win the ship. The ship's mm. coordinate systems were acting funny. I... It, it, no, it's fine. You turn on the engines and then you just eyeball it. Bog is a pretty good pilot. I'm down to try for the ship. I mean, yeah. It, it could work. All right, so do you take the two-hour trek back to the ship? Do we have rope and petons at the at the ship? Do we do we know about that? We just got this thing, right? Well, I think we're just I think we're just gonna fly the ship to, to the place. Well, as you get back to the ship, you see, you know, it's open. There's some kind of animal scrounging around the bottom of the loading ramp, but as you approach, it scampers off. Uh, moving inside, the ship seems pretty quiet, pretty dead. We try to turn it on. It turns on just barely. You left the door open, and the dome light drained the battery. And the little light. <laughs> That's why we shut the loading ramp when we're done. Mm, yes, that's actually a good point. We, sh we should have done that. But fortunately, it's all right. The alternator should recharge those, uh, those power cells. Bog, how's the instrumentation looking? You think you can get us over to at least the base of the cliff, if not on top of the cliff? I don't think power is the problem. Just nothing is responding the way it should. Is it responding in a way it shouldn't? Oh, the, the thruster's activating the trash compactor. The trash compactor wants to boot up the hyperdrive. Oh, don't do that. I keep trying to use the steering mechanisms, but it keeps just turning on Skoga's greatest hits. <laughs> it's just his rap album. And at that moment, you just, you're like, Usuka, Usukusa, Usuka, Usukusa, Usukasukusa. That was a real hit right there. All right, well, Skoga, hopefully your friend had outfitted this with at least some survival gear. We can make the trek back. We can make it up the cliff just before nightfall again. Well, why do we have to go all the way back? Why can't we just climb this cliff? Is there a cliff, like, right next to us? Yeah, you're, the ship is in the same plateau-like oh. area that oh. we were brought to. Oh, so we, we just walked laterally along it. Well, no, no, it's not in the same one. It's in the same kind. Oh, okay. All right, um, then here, we should get geared up. I suggest that we all wear heavy weather clothes. Just in case we get caught in the rain again, we would like to have some jackets to cover ourselves with. Also, boots for everybody if you're not wearing boots. That's, that's mostly for me. And then any climbing equipment. And perhaps we don't have any sort of like launching equipment in case we have to go from one plateau to another. It'd be cool if we could make some sort of bridge or something. And maybe some tents. I don't know. 
If we got them. Perhaps, yeah, like a portable shelter of some kind? Yeah, just so that if we get caught in the rain, we can set up a camp, and then we can stay there for the night and continue on in the morning. I'll say you can get all these materials, but it's going to take you an hour and a half to pick through the ship. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a worthy spend of our hour and a half. Then yes, we take the next hour and a half, scrounging for supplies sufficient for our journey. Especially pythons. We're on the lookout for pythons. Yes, yeah, so I looked it up, guys. Will is actually right. It is pythons. Are you serious? Who made that up? The French? Probably. Hello, it is a python. Python. Would you like to go rock climbing? It, it would also make sense as Will is definitely the most likely of any of us to know how to say that, considering what type of activities he likes to do in his free time. Is he French? We have a good selection of rock climbing materials. Is it a baton? There go our French listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so after this hour and a half, you secure these materials and equipment, and you make your way to the far side of the plateau where there is this cliff face. Now, Bog, you had, uh, well, you were at least the most confident of us in your climbing abilities. Oh, yes, very. Perhaps you could go first, scout out a good path for us to follow, perhaps drive in a few anchor points, and then we'll uh, follow suit. I'll see what I can do. All dice have canceled out. <laughs> he, he just stands there. <laughs> no, Bog, Bog, Bog just stands there for a minute and then reassesses. <laughs> you gotta be effing kidding. <laughs> All dice cancel out. Again. And he's he's like, um, maybe over here. And he leads you to a different part of the cliff. <laughs> One little success. And Bog, without any assistance, just using his sheer animal instinct, climbs up this sheer cliff and reaches the top and lickety split. And then he looks down and is like, oh, shoot. I forgot to bring the rope and stuff. Good luck. And then his head dips out of sight. Wow. And he gets all pissy at us when we come and burn the funeral. All right. Fine, I'll do it myself. And Skoga grabs a couple of pitons and some rope, and he's going to try to start climbing up. Same difficulty as Bog. Same uh, advantages and disadvantages. What, 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 yeah, what's the... Oh, athletics. Skoga got two successes and an advantage. So someone after you can take an extra boost. As Skoga makes his way up and actually secures rope and patons. So who's going after Skoga? You are. I don't know if you want. Now that Skoga's gone up and has some of the anchors and stuff, what's the difficulty? Same difficulty, but you get a boost. Uh, two successes, but four threats. So I make it up, but knock out a bunch of the anchors? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. Is that what happens? Don't say that, man. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Geez. That is exactly what happens. So whoever goes next is going to attack on four more setbacks. Sorry. Uh, now, Wes, not to make too many comments about uh, the whole last night business, but I did happen to notice it might be easier <clears throat> for someone of your stature if you did have the assistance of these uh, batons and such. So I can attempt to go up first and place these for you. <clears throat> and he doesn't really wait for a response. He's just going to go and start climbing. Wes wasn't going to respond. He was more than happy to allow him to do that. How many setback dies that and all? It's five? Five setbacks. You still get an advantage and you still get, yeah. So one one boost die? One boost, five setback, five difficulty. Here we go! Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gordax, against all odds, gets one success. 
but he also gets three threat. So he places these uh, pitons and anchors and such. They all fall out. No, no, they stay, but they're just in an optimal position for someone who has like twice the wingspan of Wes and twice the arms. Perfect. So he feels great about himself and he arrives up top. <laughs> this is an athletics check, right? Athletics, you'll have four setbacks. Now, keep in mind, Gordax did have his 50 feet of rope on him. He's going to lower that down as far as he can to try to help Wes if he can reach it. All right. Then you'll get two boosts instead of one. Wow. What a completely unexpected occurrence. Wes is actually going to flip two dark side points to make... He's going to flip three dark side points as he attempts again to make it up this mountain. Wow, what a better result when he flipped those dark side points. But uh, twice, Wes has failed to make it up this cliff, lacking the upper arm strength necessary to hoist his body up the sheer side of the cliff. He is now going to flip back over two of those to try a third time. (laughs) (sighs) What'd you get, Wes? Oh, no. So Wes now just got six failures, and Wes just waves everyone on. And he's going to start jogging around the plateau. Bog is like, should we just shoot him? (laughs) Can we pull him up? No, no. I actually, I thought something like this might happen. And Skoga reaches into his pack and I'm going to flip the last light side point. And Skoga pulls out a couple of pulleys. And he's going to uh, basically just try to hoist Wes up the cliff. All right. This will be a brawn check then. I hope he brought some rope with those pulleys. Yeah, yeah, it's got he he's got rope and stuff. Like he said, he was prepared for something like this. Gordax will assist you then. You'll have two boosts, two setbacks, five difficulty. Um, you know, Skoga will pop some gunjack spice to increase his. <laughs> uh, I just got a bad feeling, <laughs> so he's gonna roll. Ooh, one success and four advantage. So Wes is hoisted up like a little baby to the top of the cliff. As he sits in his pulley cradle, he is brought up nice and smoothly beside a spiced-up Skoga. <laughs> Wes then calmly turns to Skoga, takes out one of those little mini-cooler things of rum, and he says, I appreciate you doing this for me. This one's on me. On the one hand, this explains why you are heavier than I thought. On the other hand, I never say no to a drink. You know me too well, Wes. And he'll take it, and he'll give it a little... He'll give it a big gulp, which does not help the effects of the gunjack spice. (laughs) I was going to say, the combination of the two. Probably shouldn't mix those two. So as you are all on the top of this cliff now, there is still plant life and shrubbery and trees for the most part. The kind of blasted lands that your dream selves went to aren't for some time. However, as you turn around, you see a figure standing, glaring at you. It's this same figure that Gordax got a good look at the night before on the balcony of the great structure. Yeah, ah! And he kind of nudges the people around him, drawing attention to this. You there, you watched us last night, or perhaps we watched you. Don't know what it is. Who are you? You have brought something here, something terrible. Oh, don't speak about Bog like that. He's not that bad. But anyways... You all get force choked. (laughs) Oh, no. All right, so all of you take one wound, and that's not damage. That's wound. Wait, wait, wait. No, please. We didn't bring the... Tell me why I shouldn't end your meaningless lives right now. 
Okay, it's all a big misunderstanding. You look like the guy from the egg. I'm, I'm sorry. The terrible thing brought us here, not the other way around. You all take another wound? Have you met Dr. Trell? He can explain the whole thing. He was doing research, and he's a scientist, and he got all three of the eggs, and I don't know what we're here for, but he said, bring me to this planet, and so he did, and I don't know what else is going on. Please, I swear. You get released, and you all clatter to the ground. (gasps) 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 (laughs) And he's looking around at you, and he says, "A a doctor? Uh, scientist, more like, yes. Oh, wow, that was, that was something else. Ever since you arrived here, my sister has been poisoned. And he walks over just barely to a bush that, though is completely in the light of the sun, which you now notice is actually nowhere to be found in the sky above you, this bush is drooping, veins of withering darkness creeping up its leaves. I don't think we did that, necessarily. Maybe we did, but unknowingly, as uh, my friend here said, we were brought here. We absolutely did not seek this out. But perhaps you can help us understand a bit more where this doctor is and how we can get out of here. Help each other, you know? I will take you to father, and you will explain yourselves, starting with how you got here. All right. Perhaps that is best. Maybe the doctor has found his way there. But if you you would be so kind as to show us where Father is. And he points to the large, imposing structure in the distance. And he says, follow me and be silent. I will not hear another word from any of you until we reach the monastery. So you follow this figure along and... As the day goes on, you see this kind of wave of darkness following behind you as the plant life is killed once more as night arrives. You reach the base of the monastery by the time the darkness reaches you, but the rain doesn't pour down here. Instead, there's just this crackling storm of dry lightning that arcs between clouds above you. And as you're brought inside, this huge stone structure lit by these luminescent orbs that start to float and follow you around. This figure says, You will only speak when spoken to. You utter a sound out of turn, and I'll rip your tongues from your mouths and sew them shut. Do not think I will hesitate. Gordax is just nodding. Yeah, nobody makes any sounds. As you continue throughout the monastery, you move from one chamber to another until you reach quite an imposing throne room where you see in the middle on a sort of altar is the woman that you saw yesterday. The color has sort of faded from her garb and her face as she lies still, her breath barely registering. This light that used to wreathe itself around her almost completely faded. And you see a final figure, a man with a large beard and a large robe sitting at the end of this room in this enormous throne. He looks old, ancient, and if anyone's paying attention, at least for Gordax, Gordax, who's already probably thinking about this, recognizes then, putting the pieces together, that these are the three figures from all the Sith Egg artifacts. And since Gordax probably brought that up to everyone, it's probably safe to say that you all noticed that too. 
We all just nod at each other, not saying a word. Give each other the big wink. We just kind of make, like, egg? I can't make <laughs> egg with my hand. Gordax makes, like, an egg shape, and Skoga, like, gives him a weird look, and so Gordax, like, does the thing where he, like, cracks the egg and opens it in a pan, you know, to make an omelet or something or a fried egg. And then Skoga's like, oh, he gets it. He gets it. Or at least he thinks he gets it. So this figure stands and steps down from the throne and walks toward you past the altar where this womanly figure lies. And he says, please, I hope my son has not frightened you too badly. You may speak freely. There is great evil. I seek to learn from the five of you. Gordax. Skoga's whispering. Where did you say the omelet bar was? <laughs> and Gordax just kind of kicks him in the foot. I'm hesitant to speak, but uh, y- yes, we will help in any way we can. Forgive us for not knowing too terribly much. There were others, two others with us, one of whom probably could help you out much more handily than I, or any of us. But, as I said, we will help where we can. Strange, then. How have you found yourselves on this world in the first place? You are the first to come unsummoned. I mean, I can feel this one if nobody else is going to say anything. So, here's how it happened, Father. I was with the guy... We all were with a guy named Dr. Drell, but I don't think that's his real name, but we have our reasons for that. Anyway, Dr. Drell, he said, come help me find these artifacts. And and they just looked like eggs. We thought they were like Sith artifacts or something. And so we were like, all right, sounds good, because he was offering us lots of money. And so we went to, First, we went to Korriban. We got an egg from there, from the tomb of Ajutapal. Then we went to Ilum, where we got another egg from Anortapal, who's a different guy. And then we went to Lahan, and we got an egg there. The Sith guy there, I can't remember his name. I don't think he remembered it either. He didn't have the egg, but he knew some Rakata, some really old force users. They had the egg, and so we go, and we went, and we reasoned with them, and they ended up giving us the egg. And then we and then we went to Coruscant, where Drell did some research. I don't know what kind of research he did. He, like, went off. He, he, he did it on his own. He was alone for the whole thing. Then when, he just put in the coordinates when he got back, and we all went to sleep one night because we were tired, because we had to make a quick getaway from Coruscant for reasons that aren't important to the story. And then we ended up here, and Dr. Drell was gone, and he also took a droid with him named Papo. So anyway, I don't exactly know how we got here, but we do know that it was Drell that brought us here. Then none of you sought this place. It's more accurate to say that we sought billions of credits. (laughs) So not this place. No. As you have correctly addressed me, I am known as the Father. This, and he motions to the dark brooding figure that brought you here. 
is my son. And that, he points across the room to the woman on the altar, is my daughter. Something has poisoned her. Tell me, in what shape is the galaxy outside this place? Um, kind of like a flat spiral, I think. (laughs) No, I mean, in what state does it exist? Is there peace? There's actually probably the greatest war galaxy-wide occurring that uh, at least anyone with written records remembers. Why do you ask? Greatest war the galaxy has ever seen? Yes. Big war. Lots of Sith, lots of Jedi, a lot of people caught in between. This place is a conduit for the rest of the galaxy through which the cosmic force flows. I keep balance between my son and my daughter. If the galaxy has truly fallen so far, then that balance has shifted greatly, and we are all in grave danger. He looks about, and for anyone that just barely looked away, you notice that the sun is no longer in the room with you. He's just gone. So then the more bad things going on in the galaxy, the more cosmic imbalance, and the weaker your daughter gets and the stronger your son gets? It would seem so. Though there have been wars in the past. No, we have long been shielded from the outside. Something else has snuck its way in. Where are these companions you speak of? We hoped to find them, either today along our journey, or perhaps even, well, maybe you can tell us what happened last night. We seem to have some sort of out of body experience altogether. But regardless, we, we haven't found them. I expect it may have been some sort of... And then he's cut off. As the doors to this chamber, these great stone doors, they creak and slide open. And a figure walks through, each step clanking against the stone floor. It's limping along as it comes closer and closer until you finally see the silhouette of Popo making his way kind of hunched, gripping his side, twitching, little tweaks in his movements. And as he reaches you, his, you know, little screen eyes are looking up, and they're not the normal color. They're kind of fuzzy, a little staticky. And through his mouthpiece, you hear, Hello, boys. How's it going? Oh my gosh, Papo ate Drell. (laughs) 